You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to our show over on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. To participate in next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Bright Cold Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. Check out your special offer for Locked On listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash locked on. That's bright.co forward slash locked on. Before I get to my last thoughts ahead of the Panthers game against the Cardinals and your weekly Friday mailbag questions, let me first address the injury report as it pertains to Christian McCaffrey, who we know has missed a ton of games the last two seasons, having missed 23 of the 33 games of the Matt Rule era in the first two years. He's been healthy the first three weeks of the season, but coming off of the win against the Saints and back-to-back 100-yard rushing performances, apparently there's an issue with McCaffrey's thigh that came up on the injury report on Wednesday where throughout the season Matt Rule said he will not be an active participant. He will be out there, but he will not be practicing When he showed up, not at practice again on Thursday and on the injury report, that's when the concern starts. Now, Thursdays are the media portion for the coordinators. So we hear from Phil Snow. We hear from Ben McAdoo, sometimes Chris Tabor. We do not hear from Matt Rule on Thursdays. Matt Rule's only media availability is Sunday after the game, Monday after the game, and then on Wednesday and Friday as well. So the next time we'll hear from Matt Rule will be on Friday, which is going to be after the show's out and, of course, after I've recorded it. So I don't have much to offer as far as whether McCaffrey's going to play or not. Maybe by the time you watch or listen to this show, you will know what his status is leading into Sunday. Obviously, this is concerning because a lot of the questions y'all are asking me on today's show is about the offense and about the inability – of the offense in particular, Baker Mayfield, to find success through the passing game. The only thing that they've been able to do through the last three weeks and really the last two weeks is run the football with Christian McCaffrey. If Christian McCaffrey is not out there healthy, will they be able to get that production from Chuba Hubbard, who many of you wanted cut after he fumbled the opening kickoff against the Giants and then fumbled another ball where he was already down, but still y'all wanted Chuba gone. Then there's Deontay Foreman who was brought in for situations like this. If McCaffrey went down, he's more of a downhill rusher. And we had heard about the Panthers wanting to be more of a downhill rushing attack this year, but then Matt Rule changed the offensive philosophy and said they want to be more of a passing team. Well, the passing game isn't working at this point in time. The only thing you knew they could do offensively was run the ball with McCaffrey. When you take that away, then what is the Carolina Panthers offense? If there was ever a week for Baker Mayfield to figure it out, it is Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals, a defense that has not been good so far this season. Like, looking at the defensive numbers for Arizona, the Cardinals are 31st in expected points added per play 
and they were dead last in yards allowed per play at 6.7 yards allowed per play. This is the get-right game, hopefully, for the Carolina Panthers' offense. I know when talking to Alex Clancy, the host of Locked On Cardinals, on yesterday's crossover episode, he said they played a lot better in the last six, six quarters of the season. Either way, looking at the stats, they tell you the Arizona Cardinals have not been good defensively. And then offensively, it's been even worse. Carolina has not gotten off to good starts on offense. They have not scored an offensive touchdown in the first quarter. The Cardinals have not scored a touchdown in the first quarter, period. They have only scored one first half touchdown this season. I think the Panthers offensively only have that one against the Browns, didn't have one against the Giants, and then last week did not have one as well. They had a bunch of field goals, but did not have an offensive touchdown until the fourth quarter against New Orleans. So they are basically the same as far as anemic offenses when this game starts out. Now, Arizona's been able to maintain drives. They had drives of 19, 16, and 17 plays last week. They had 81 plays and only scored 12 points. They have not capitalized. I mean, they are, as far as passing game, they're 30th in the league as far as net yards per passing attempt, which is 4.8. That's not great. This is a Cardinals team that is absolutely gettable for the Carolina Panthers. The hope, though, is that Christian McCaffrey is healthy. It's been a long time since the Carolina Panthers have had an opportunity to build momentum. They beat New Orleans. They're 1-2, 1-0 and and in the division. This is the opportunity now. With two more home games starting on Sunday and a three-game homestand before heading on the road and facing it – uh, the L.A. Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions, and coming back home and facing off against Tampa Bay, you have an opportunity against a 1-2 and two Cardinals team that gets off to terrible starts like you on offense that also has not been great defensively, and then against a 49ers team with Jimmy Garoppolo, who was not great by all accounts on Sunday Night Football. I didn't watch, but everything I've heard, he's been terrible, and people are saying that's why the 49ers traded all those picks to bring in Trey Lance, and of course, Trey Lance out for the season with that ankle injury, and now Jimmy G is the starting quarterback. Two great opportunities against two one and two teams that are currently gettable for the Carolina Panthers at home. The Panthers, if they want to be a playoff team, have to be able to serve, be able to hold serve at home. They did it last week, didn't do it week one, came very close to doing it. Didn't steal one on the road against the Giants, so I have to steal one later on this season against a team that might be perceived as better than them on the road because they're supposed to be a better team than the New York Giants. It all starts on Sunday against an Arizona Cardinals team that they have dominated. The Panthers were not a good team last year, but they went on the road, won that game. No New Hopkins, no Kyler Murray. Didn't matter. The Panthers' defense was dominant that day. Going back to 2020, they weren't a great team that year either, but they were able to get a win at home. 2019, when Kyle Allen made his first start, Threw three touchdown passes, made the Cardinals look terrible. The Panthers ended up not being a great team that year. The last time the Panthers were actually really good to beat the Cardinals is when they beat the brakes off of them in the NFC title game back in 2015. They own Arizona. And the ownership of Arizona, and really Matt Rule's ownership of Cliff Kingsbury, needs to continue on Sunday. And the Carolina Panthers need to start stacking those wins to move towards the season that I thought they could have once the year kicked off here in 2022 so starts on Sunday against Arizona Cardinals team that is extremely gettable and you have to win these games at home especially knowing that LA and Tampa are following after this three-game homestand all right so let me take a quick pause here then on the other side come back answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions where a lot of you are wondering what's wrong with Baker what's wrong with the offense and who do we blame after three weeks into the season we'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers 
These guys at Brightco are geniuses, and I just don't throw that word out there lightly. They have made buying insurance for your engagement ring, your watch, or whatever so friggin' easy. You can get it covered in two minutes right here on your cell phone. You won't find a better deal on great coverage that's super affordable. Bright.co forward slash lock on. That's where you need to go. If you hate insurance, Brightco, these are the guys for you. Again, it's five bucks a month to get totally comprehensive coverage, and it won't take you more than two minutes right here on your smartphone. So once again, check out Brightco at bright.co forward slash locked on. All right, let's get to it. The weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. Again, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where next week you can at me or DM me. Get those questions in by Thursday afternoon. That's typically when I record, and I will give you my final thoughts on that game, which will be the 49ers game, and then get to your questions here on the show. So at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. A lot of you were asking about the offense this week. So most of the questions in this segment are all going to focus on that. And I honestly got like multiple, I got someone, uh, Sam, who's asking me like, who's more to blame for the Panthers' lack of offensive production through the first three weeks, Baker or the O-line? I'm not blaming the O-line. Like the, the big question here is what is going on with Baker? Who do we blame? That's what a lot of y'all want to know. So Sam was asking that, and a lot of you coming up right here are basically asking the same question. I'll try to answer it truthfully and honestly, but also some of the questions you asked are a little bit different. So here we go. Starting off with Eric, who has been a Panthers fan since 97, started following the show this past this summer and really likes content. Thank you, Eric. And says it's hard to find good Panthers talk in Central California. That is not surprising at all. Now, here's Eric's take on the Panthers offense. He says, my take on the offense is Baker's lack of familiarity with the team and I think this offense's blocking scheme doesn't fit him. He needs throwing lanes like Breeze had with the Saints, and our blocking scheme is designed for guys like Eli Manning. To your point about DJ not getting the ball, I don't think Baker can see him. If McAdoo can start creating throwing lanes for number six, I think we'll see what we all hope for when they finally made the trade. What do you think? Yeah, there's been plenty of people out there that have questioned whether Baker Mayfield fits the scheme that Ben McAdoo is running here. I've heard more people think that Sam Darnold, especially when you bring up the height aspect of it, fits the scheme. I don't know necessarily if it's a scheme thing that is leading to, I think, a lot of the batted balls, which I think is something that you didn't bring up, but you really did bring up. Since Baker entered the league back in 2018, he's led the league in having batted down passes at the line of scrimmage. He leads the league currently at seven. I think Derek Carr is the next with four. That's just a product of being a smaller quarterback and having smart, Defensive coordinators try to keep him in the pocket and then teaching your defensive linemen and your edge rushers whenever they get to, they try to get to the quarterback. If you can't get there, one of the things you're taught is get your hands up. If you get your hands up, you can possibly knock down the ball, which we've seen through the first two weeks of the season with Baker. That's going to happen. Certainly, Ben McAdoo has to find a way for his system, his scheme to fit the quarterback that's playing in it. So if creating throwing lanes is going to make it easier for Baker to not have these issues – then Ben McAdoo needs to find a way for that to happen. Is it on Baker? Is it on McAdoo? Both of them, of course, can improve when the offense has been really bad. Like, let's go back to the numbers. Right now, as far as the Panthers' offense, 
They have the third worst passing offense in the league, only ahead of the Chicago Bears, who somehow are 2-1, and one, and so are the New York Giants, who beat these exact same Carolina Panthers. They are averaging 161.3 yards per game passing. They are 30th, 30th on third down. And that is a nice way to say that they are one of the worst third down teams in the league. There's only 32 teams. And, of course, Baker, completion percentage-wise, has not been good, 31st. Only ahead of Justin Fields. He's 32nd in total QBR, 28th in passing yards, 25th in touchdown passes. He is 25th also in passer rating. It just has not been good so far. So is that on Baker? Is it on McAdoo? It's really on them both to figure out how they can succeed and how this relationship can be a positive one moving forward to the next 14 games this season. Now, we got Harvey, who's asking another question about Baker, saying, first, is the offensive ineptitude all on Baker or bad play design and concepts? I basically just answered that, and he said, second, if you were the GM, what would you do to fix this offense to be able to compete in the league and bring us back to respectability? Well, if I was Scott Fitterer, <laughs> it's – okay. So, really, the questions I think we're, we're asking right now is – Baker has not looked good for the first three weeks. Is he ever going to look good? Are we going to be able to find an answer whether Baker is the actual guy here at quarterback? Because coming in, the expectation was that Baker would be better than Sam. I still think that would be the case, even though Sam looked better for the first three weeks of the season last year than he fell, fell apart. Maybe Baker will look bad for the first three weeks, and then it'll be the inverse, and then he looks great the rest of the way. I still think he's a better quarterback, and he also does not turn the ball over. He has not turned the ball over as much as Sam has. Well, Sam hadn't turned over that much, but either way, he's taking care of the football, which is important. He's had his issues just like Sam, but he's taking care of the football to this point in time. And maybe there might've been opportunities where he could have been picked off. Either way, he's taking care of the football through the first three weeks of the season, just like Sam Darnold did. Will that carry over? Fingers crossed. Hopefully that happens. But really, the Panthers have not been able to find a quarterback. Like the best quarterback play they've gotten since Matt Rule got here was from Teddy Bridgewater. Looking at Baker's first three weeks, looking at Sam last year, Cam, PJ, the best they got so far during the three years of Matt Rule has been out of Teddy Bridgewater. If I'm the GM, how do I fix this offense? Well, I go get, like, Josh Allen. I, I go get Lamar Jackson. I go get Patrick Mahomes. I, I get one of those types of quarterbacks. But it's not that easy. If, that, if it were that simple, the Carolina Panthers and every team in the league would have a game-changing quarterback. So... They've at least tried. I don't think that they've been patient enough, like with Bridgewater, where they're like, all right, Teddy didn't work. Let's go get Sam, as if that was going to be an overnight fix. And then now they had to do something. That's why Baker's here. I don't have much faith that Matt Corral is going to be better, considering just what the NFL thought of him. And he's small like Baker, too. Might he have the same sort of issues? We'll see how it pans out. But really, if I want to bring back this team to respectability, I think they have a great running back in McCaffrey when he's healthy. I think they have good enough receivers. The O-line, average, but a lot better than they've been. I would go get a quarterback. But it's not that easy. All right, now to Robert. Is the lack of reduction from DJ a product of him not getting separation or Baker not seeing him? When he did have separation last week, he had two big catches. Does Bake need to force a connection more? I hesitate to bring up scheme, but I suppose that it has something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, the scheme thing, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know all the X's and O's of football. I talk more about narratives, and I try to read as much and learn as much and talk to me, as many people as I can to gain a better understanding so then I can come up here and try and educate and inform you guys as well. Um, but going off of just the whole... DJ of it all, Joe Person from The Athletic wrote this in an article a couple weeks ago, or a couple days ago, excuse me, when asking about, we're trying to figure out what's going on 
offensively the passing game, saying that DJ Morris had troubles creating space. Um, he had his 2.3 yards average in separation from defenders is tied for 20th lowest average in the league, according to NFL Next Gen stats. He didn't have two big catches last week, by the way. He had one, one reception for two yards on six targets. There were two separate occasions where he was open and Baker overthrew him or underthrew him, just missed him. Baker's got to be able to hit on those throws. So is he not seeing him? I don't think he's not seeing him because six targets, not as many as you like to see, but surely he should have been able to catch two or three of those targets, but just bad balls from Baker. And then going off of bad balls from Baker, Baker's ranked dead last in the league right now on targets, on, on, on target throws out of the 32 qualified quarterbacks, according to pro football reference. He's 30th in bad throw percentage. So again, Last in on-target throws of the 32 qualified quarterbacks, according to Pro Football Reference, and 30th in bad throw percentage. Baker has to be better, absolutely, for them B- DJ to have the kind of season that we expected and hoped that he would have. All right, so we got Kevin, another Baker question. So Baker's not exactly setting the world on fire, but in his defense, McAdoo said it takes two years to really master this offense. How much of the responsibility for the offense's anemic performance, the misassignments, and blown routes are attributed to the complexity of McAdoo's scheme in your estimation? Here's the thing. McAdoo doesn't have two years. Baker doesn't have two years. They have basically like two or three weeks to figure this out. I'm going to give them... Considering that Baker was on here for OTAs and mandatory minicamp, considering that he had to go through this faux quarterback competition, it's only been about five weeks now that he's actually been with the first-team offense. I'm going to give him about five weeks of game, of game time, so this week and next, to then figure it out before being like, okay, this is a problem. Sound the alarm bells. This might not work. Of course, I'm concerned. I'm just not trying to get too ahead of myself because it's still early. But – this time, two weeks from now, you might hear a little bit different tone from me as far as this goes. So they don't have two years. Baker's got only this year to basically prove that he's still a starting quarterback. I mean, McAdoo probably only has this year to prove that he could be an OC again. Because if he gets fired here in Carolina, meaning the whole staff gets fired, he'll still get paid his contract. But he won't likely get another opportunity in this league to be an OC. No one's been banging down his door. No one's been interested in Ben McAdoo as an OC until Matt Rule had to go out there and find a rock star OC. And with that edict that was reported by a Jay Glazer that made no sense at all, there was no way someone was going to sign up to come here and potentially get fired. The guy who got fired is in a better situation now as a quarterback coach in Buffalo. So I don't know what it is and how much time it's going to take, but it ha- they need to figure it out quick. Because if Baker doesn't figure it out, I don't know what they're going to do, whether they're going to bring Sam back or not. That's going to basically tank the entire season. When special teams playing at a high level, defense is playing at a high level, Christian's running the ball well, hopefully he's going to be healthy. They got to figure it out ASAP, man. All right, um, Brian, before we take a pause. All wins are good wins, but Sunday's win was despite a pretty poor offensive performance. Carolina has more than enough offensive talent to be a top-scoring team. I, what's not? I don't know if I'm going to go that far. Uh, DJ Moore is a good receiver. Robbie Anderson, I think he's a pretty replaceable guy. Um, number three wide receiver. Is that Chenault now? I guess. Looked at, did something with his two touches last week. There's a reason why the Jags gave up on him and really what Doug Peterson's staff said, we're good here. So uh, it's not, I don't want, I think they have more than enough to be a competent offense, which they have not been through the first three weeks of the season. 
Can they be a top scoring offense? Like you're saying, I wouldn't go that far. Um, but here to finish out what he's saying, he said that the play calling seems to be stagnant and unimaginative. Is that an OC problem? We're still lingering growing pains. How can they become dynamic offense? They have the potential to become hopefully by Sunday versus the cards. Yes. Hopefully that happens. It's just going to come down to continuity and just taking time. It takes time, man. We got this offense in the oven. We got it set to 425. Uh, I guess if we've been waiting for the preheat, hope we can get it in there. We can bake it real quick and it'll come out fresh, hot and looking good and smelling good too, I guess <laughs> for the baking reference. I don't know, man. It's growing pains. It's just you only have five weeks together. It, they didn't have the whole off season. You know, and the unfortunate thing is we just don't have the benefit. And we have the benefit of nuance, which I just provided. We just don't have the benefit of time. Like we are running out of time here in Carolina to see this offense turn it around. Like there's still 14 weeks, but you cannot get too far behind. Like they can't be bad in the next two weeks and be one and four and think they're going to turn things around. Like, they got to figure it out, hopefully, come Sunday. All right, let's take a quick pause here, and we'll be right back answering more of your questions here on Locked on Panthers. All right, let me get to the rest of your questions here. Let's go to Ryan, who is uh, from the Arboretum Chick-fil-A, which – that's the Chick-fil-A I grew up with. I love Chick-fil-A. I am a Chick-fil-A signature member. I, that means I spend way too much money. Looking at my uh, currently my Chick-fil-A One account, doesn't look like I'm going to be a uh, signature member next year. Did not spend enough money. It's, there's still time. It's only uh, September, almost October. Still have three months this year to figure it out and go uh, spend a couple thousand dollars at Chick-fil-A. I'm not going to do that, I hope. I hope. God, man, I really hope because I love Chick-fil-A. Basically addicted to it go like three or four times a week. Like, yeah, it's that bad. But Ryan, from what I will always call my home Chick-fil-A, even though my home Chick-fil-A now is the one over in Cotswold on Randolph, that is just a complete nightmare and quite possibly the worst Chick-fil-A I've ever been to. Moving on, though, um, <laughs> Ryan says, I see a lot of blame on Rule, but do you feel Scott Fitterer isn't getting enough heat? He brought in Darnold, which turned out to be a bust when we could have had Mac Jones that year and brought in Mayfield, which is turning out to be another bust so far. And he has extra question. I think you mentioned you have a job at NASCAR. What do you do for them? Work at the Motor Racing Network, also known as MRN. We are the main radio broadcast for NASCAR on the radio. I think you can check them out on, is it the end here in Charlotte? I think it's the end. Either way, um, produce for them. So work on podcasts. Uh, we got NASCAR Live is a show we come out every Tuesday to our affiliates. And you can check it also on wherever you get your podcast. And I also sometimes put on the headset on the weekends and uh, run the whole broadcast. So, yeah, that's what I do for MRN and NASCAR. But as far as your question, I think it's fair to question the trades. Like Scott Fitter said, we're going to try and protect these picks. And basically, he's throwing away the picks. Like CJ Henderson, I don't think we've seen enough at all to justify um, giving up that third-round pick to get him. The same thing, you know, with – I mean, Darnold was always a bad decision. The second, fourth, and sixth that they gave up for him – like he wasn't, he's not good. He wasn't good. Uh, Baker, they didn't give up nearly enough. It was a fifth, it was a fifth round conditional. It'll end up being a fourth round pick. I don't think that's that big of a deal. They're barely paying him. They had to do something. I don't have really an issue with that, especially when you look at what he gave up for Sam Darnold. Um, then giving up, I mean, trading up to get Matt Corral just to do something. If Baker ends up playing well, then Matt Corral, I don't think, is ever going to play a meaningful snap. If Baker busts, if they have a new staff, if I'm a new head coach, 
I'll be damned if you're going to have some third-round quarterback foisted on me to be my starter in 2023. I ain't doing that. I'm going to go out there and find a way to get Bryce Young or to get C.J. Stroud or to get Will Levis, who, if I'm thinking about it, the Panthers are going to fire somebody. What you should go do is get someone from the McVay tree to run that offense that has the wide zone scheme, which Levis is already affluent in, considering he's played in it last year under Liam Cohen, who's now the OC in LA. And then now with Rick Scandagorello, who came from San Francisco, who's now the OC there at Kentucky. That's the guy I would be going out there to get. Do I think Will Levis is that good? I don't know, but he knows an NFL offense. He has physical traits, and that seems to be the only thing NFL scouts really care about a lot of times. And he's got he's leading a top-10 team. We'll see how they do on Saturday against Ole Miss down there in Oxford at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. But, uh, I mean, that's what I'd be thinking about if they're going to get rid of Matt Rule. So, I, you could question Scott Fitter, especially on the trades, for sure. I, I mean, I'm trying to think about what other trades did he make. Like, the getting rid of Denzel Perryman, like, I guess it wasn't a fit, but Perryman went out to be really good. They traded for Daryl Johnson to be a special teams guy. That lasted a season. He wants bites. He's at least trying to be aggressive. He's doing something we have not really seen out of a, a uh, general manager when we had Marty Herney and back when we also had Dave Gettleman. He's trying to be aggressive in on every deal. He told us that he would do that. So, if we can't sit here and, I guess, be up mad at him when he's been a man of his word in on every deal. Just they haven't worked out. As far as Mac Jones goes, things were good last year. They, the Patriots have looked terrible offensively um, through preseason and the beginning of the season. And league-wise, everyone's been down as far as scoring-wise goes. And then, like, offensively, just people have not been great. Um, but in Justin Fields, remember, y'all were saying, go oh, Justin Fields. The only quarterback who's been worse than Baker Mayfield, statistically, by a lot of the numbers I brought up this week, has been Justin Fields. He also has the worst skill position group around him, and the O-line stinks. So, is it really on Justin? I don't know. I'm just saying, neither one of those guys have been overly impressive to the point where you're like, yeah, had they brought them in, then things would be magically changed. They do need to go out there and probably get a first-round quarterback or get someone who's actually had big-time success in this league. The problem is, none of those guys have really been available, yes or no, and none of those guys have wanted to come here, like Stafford, like Deshaun, like Russell. So, all right, now to Jake. The Carolina discovered their identity last week, and is Terrace Marshall going to be replaced by Chennault? Terrace Marshall's already been replaced by LaVishka Chennault. And Matt Rule said when asked about Terrace being inactive that when they try to make decisions about who's going to be active on Sunday, who can help you on special teams? Chennault can be a returner. And he also has made two big plays. I don't remember. Has Terrace Marshall ever made a play as big as the ones that Chennault made, the 67-yard um, catch and run? On Sunday, and then also the 23-yard reception to pick up that third down, and they've been awful on third down. Has Terrace Marshall done any of that? He's barely been healthy. He's not really gotten an opportunity this year, but he hasn't done that so far. So, yeah, he's been replaced. If Chanel can help him on special teams and he went out there and made big plays in his first game that Marshall has not done so far, now in the second season with Carolina, yeah, he's been replaced. Did they find their identity? Hard to say that. It seems like the identity right now needs to be giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey. And if McCaffrey's not healthy, then what is their identity? Matt Rule says they want to be a passing team. I still think it's going to take a little bit of time. I think once you get through the first month of the season, so the first five games of the year, that quarter poll, I guess no longer we have a quarter because we have 17 games. The odd number is so annoying. That's when you basically know who your team is. Like, you know who you're going to be. 
and you have to basically accept that. Maybe even through six, seven weeks of the season, you know who your team is. When you still have 10 games left to go, like you're going to start figuring out who they are real quick. And Matt Rule figured out at some point last year that we cannot throw the football, we cannot protect, we need to run the ball. He hasn't gotten to that point just yet, but give it another two, three, maybe even four weeks, and they'll know exactly who they are offensively. But right now, it's McCaffrey, and pray that you can do something in the pass game. Last one here from uh, Rian. Um, from what I can see from both Frankie Louvu and Jeremy Chin, they are playing lights out football. I know it's early, but do you see both of those guys as legitimate contenders for Pro Bowl spots? And if you do, dare we set the bar even higher and start talking all pro? I did say as my bowl prediction, one of them coming this season, that Jeremy Chin will be an all pro. Steve Wilkes said that's what he wanted to do, and I think Jeremy Chin can get to that level. He's been a really good player. I also did say that Terrace Marshall would end up being the number two wide receiver. There's still an opportunity for, for that to be true, but man's got to be active and needs to not be like wide receiver six, which is the case at this point in time. So you win some, you lose some, but also we haven't found the answer to either one of those just yet. Pro Bowl's fine for Luvu and Chin. All pro. Let's go with that with Jeremy Chin. Frankie Luvu still has to compete with guys like Roquan Smith in Chicago. Um, Fred Wilson, is that what his name is? Fred Warner um, in, San, in San Francisco. Like there's a lot of good line. I mean, Micah Parsons. Let's just slow down there. Linebacker, especially in the NFC, in the NFC there's Bobby Wagner. Mm, I'm not. Let's not go there. I think it's a little bit too bold. But you can set your hey, set the bar high if you want, because the standard is the standard. But I'm not going to go there just yet, Rian. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And be sure to follow me on Twitter so next week you can have your your question answered here on the Weekly Friday Mailbag. Either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. It's very simple, at Julian Council. You'll see my name right down there. So go ahead and do that for me right now. In the meantime, Hurricane Ian. I don't know if you guys live in Florida where you might live in the southeast. Please be safe. Um, stay out of the weather. Do not do anything crazy. I know I'm probably going to be traveling this weekend. Hopefully it's not going to be too bad here in Charlotte. But please be safe. If you're down there in Florida, listen to the show. Thank you so much. And everyone out there, wherever you are, just stay safe during this another one of these hurricanes. We get them every year, and hopefully the damage wherever you live is not too bad and everything will be okay. So um, certainly thinking about everyone out there who might have to uh, deal with the uh, effects of Hurricane Ian here locally and throughout the region here in the southeast. Um, also, be happy, be whole, keep pounding, of course, and I will talk to you all on Sunday following yet another Carolina Panthers win.